I'm concluding a series called Imagine. Today I want to talk to you about imagine a church for everybody. Imagine a church for everybody. A question rolls around in my mind frequently. Of course, this week as I was preparing, it was really rolling around, rolling around in my mind. And the question is this, who is church for? Who is church for? A lot of church people, a lot of unchurched people think that church is for church people. I mean, that's what a lot of people think. You talk to unchurched people, talk to church people, they think, hey, church is for church people. I mean, it just makes sense. Church is for church people just like golf is for golfers. Just like hunting is for hunters. Just like rodeos are for cowboys. Church is for church people. And it's very interesting when I interact and talk with unchurched people and love to hang out with unchurched people. And one of the things that, that fascinates me, not all the time do they say this, but a lot of the times, unchurched people say things like this. I don't have an issue with God. My problem is with church. I, I, I come to church. I mean, I, I, I want to connect with God. I have a, some kind of desire to connect with God. And, and that's why I show up on Easter in churches all across the world. They'll be packed full of, full of people next weekend. And they show up maybe like on, on, on Easter and, or Christmas. And they show up to, to connect with God. And they get to churches and it confirms their suspicion. The church is for church people. And I use this illustration uh, two and a half years ago, this, this ladder, and they show up, and, and, and all of us Christians, we have a tendency, we're, we're on top of the ladder, man. We're, we're at the very top, and we're singing, peace like a river, and joy in my soul. And, and, and the unchurched person, they come, and they think, you know, I would like to be up there like you are. I, I would like to know God like you know him. I would like for my kids to know God like you know, like, like, like your kids do. But I don't know how to get on the ladder. There's no rungs on the ladder. You got up there and took all the rungs off. And I don't even know. It's not relevant to me. I come to church, it doesn't make any sense to me. And so I've just concluded that church is for church people. And you know, the issue is this. Is whenever we meet people and they show up to our churches on Easter or Christmas or sometime and they don't know the Lord and they walk away thinking church is for church people so they don't come back, do you know who we blame? We blame them. Well, you people don't want to know God. You don't come back to church because you're not hungry for God. And we blame them. And hear me today, hear me today. When unchurched people show up at our churches... And they think that church is only for church people. It's not the people's fault. It's the church's fault. And I think every once in a while we have to examine ourselves and to say, have we created a church just for church people? Because listen, boy, what a poor representation of Christ. And people show up and they think that church is just for church people. Because listen, if church is just for church people, then Christianity is for church people. And if Christianity is just for church people, then God is just for church people. But when you open up your Bible, it says the exact opposite. An example, the Bible says in Luke chapter number 5 and verse number 30, 
Jesus says, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to their sect complained to his disciples. Here's what they were saying. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Why are you folks hanging with people who don't know God? Why are you fellowshipping, eating, talking with unchurched folks? Verse 31, Jesus answered them. It is not the healthy who need a doctor. Please hear this. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus simply said, I didn't come to convince the already convinced. That wasn't my purpose for coming. I came to earth with the primary purpose of reaching sick people. The healthy don't need a doctor. I've come for sick people. And yet they show up at my church and they think that church is just for church people. And that was never my intentions. Friends, church isn't for church people. Just like Christianity isn't for church people. Just like Jesus didn't come just for church people. Church is for everybody. I want you to say that with me. Everybody shout, church is for everybody. Come on, say it again. Church is for everybody. And here's the issue. Here's what I want to dig down on today. Here's what I want to dissect today. Here's what I want to unpack today. Why do the unchurched think that church is only for church people? Why do they think that? Let's unpack that today. Number one is this. You can follow along with me in your bulletin. Fill in the blanks. Point one is this. Churches can make it difficult for people to connect with Christ. Churches can make it difficult for people to connect with Christ. Question, question, why would the church, why would the body of Christ make it difficult for the unchurched to connect with God? Please understand this. Please understand this. This problem is not just a 21st century problem. This problem, you can go all the way back to the first century. You can go all the way back to the conception of the church. And they dealt with this very same issue. The early church was making it difficult for people to connect with God. Look with me in Acts 15. We're going to spend the remainder of our time together in Acts chapter 15, picking up in verse number 1. So if you have a Bible, just turn it there. Acts chapter 15. We're going to pick up reading in verse number 1. The scripture says this. Some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers. Now notice what they were teaching. Unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. Everybody say custom. Notice this. According to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. Let me explain to you what's transpiring in this portion of Scripture. After Jesus left the earth, after Jesus ascended up into heaven, all of the original Christians were Jewish. And Jewish people had a lot of customs, just like a lot of Americans have a lot of customs. And you go to other countries around the world and they have a lot of customs. Jewish people had a lot of customs and traditions that they, that they followed. 
And the Jews were basically telling all the Gentiles this. They were basically saying, listen, if you want to be a Christian, if you want to be a follower of Christ, you basically have to become Jew. You got to follow our customs. You have to follow our traditions. And then a fellow named Paul showed up, the apostle Paul, and he began to preach to the Gentiles. And he began to share the message of Jesus Christ. And the Gentiles begin to place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And they begin to be saved. They begin to be born again. And the Jewish leaders, or the Jerusalem leaders, heard about what Paul was doing. And, and the Gentiles who were coming to faith in Christ. And the Jerusalem leaders begin to tell Paul and Barnabas, Hey, hey, you go back and tell those Gentiles that if they're going to really be saved, they, can, they can't only put faith in Christ. They also have to be circumcised. They also have to obey the law of Moses. They also have to follow our Jewish customs. And so Paul and Barnabas begin to dispute with them. They begin to debate with them. Let's pick up reading in verse number 3, Acts 15. And verse 3 says this, The church, everybody say the church. So important for you to get get this. The church sent them on their way. And as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the brothers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church. Everybody say the church. Check this out. Now, the church and the apostles and elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Then some of the believers, then some of the Christ followers, then some of the Christians, then some of the church people who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles, notice what they said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. Friends, hear me. An obstacle was in the way of outsiders. And it was created by insiders. That's how it always works. That there was an obstacle being put in the way of the Gentiles, of the outsider. And the obstacle that was put in place was put in place by the insiders, by the church people, by the Christians. And they were making it difficult for the Gentile people to follow the Lord. You know what they were basically doing? They were adding to the message. They were saying, hey, you want to follow God? That's cool. But here's what you do. You put faith in Christ and you obey the law of Moses. You want to be a follower of Christ? You put faith in God and you follow the customs of the Jewish people. You want to follow God? You put faith in God and Jesus Christ and you got to get circumcised. And man, we take this stuff lightly. We're like, oh, I mean, what's the big deal? Not that big a deal. But I want you to really hear it. They're adding to the message. They're adding to the message of Jesus Christ. And this is big time stuff. Think about it, man. Think about this. The Jewish Jerusalem leaders were simply saying this. You want to follow God? Yeah, yeah, we we really want to serve the Lord. We want to know God. We want to live for God. Cool, cool. Here's what you got to do. You got to be circumcised. Do you mean what I think you mean? Like, like surgery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like surgery. Who's first? Anybody want to serve the Lord? Oh, you mean that's what that table's for? Exactly. Get on the table, boy. Who's first? I mean, you said you love the Lord. Well, come on. Get circumcised. Can I tell, can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? The first membership class in the early church, it was comprised of all women. Huh? Huh? The, the men said, 
Hey, we got to go home and pray about this. <laughs> Look at here. They were adding to the message, saying, if you want to follow Jesus, you got to put faith in Jesus, plus you got to do all this other stuff. And the Bible goes on to say, Acts 15 and verse number 6, it goes on to say, the apostles and elders met to consider this question. So they began to talk about it and discuss it. It says, after much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know what some, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. And what Peter is referring to, if you're, you're new to this whole church thing and new to this whole God thing, in the book of Acts, Peter had this awesome revelation, this awesome vision from God. And basically the story boils down to this, that, that in this vision, he saw animals, clean, unclean animals and clean animals. And God basically told Peter, hey, these animals that you think are unclean, I declare that they're now clean. And basically what he was communicating to Peter is this, Peter, you think the gospel is just for the Jews. The gospel is not just for the Jews. The gospel is for everybody, for everybody. He goes on to say in verse number eight. So, th so that's what he's talking about in verse seven. Verse eight, he says this, God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did us. Verse nine, he made no distinction. Check this out. God made no distinction between us and them. In other words, Peter was simply saying this. Listen, God didn't make any distinction. He gave the Holy Spirit to the Gentiles just like he did the Jews. He says, listen, the gospel is for everybody. God didn't make any distinction. God's not for dark people, light people. He's not for tall people, short people. You know, God is for every, The gospel is for everybody. He goes on to say this, for he purified their hearts by faith. Everybody shout faith. He purified their hearts by faith, not by faith in customs, not by faith in tradition, not by faith in circumcision. No, no, no. He purified their hearts by faith. Verse 10. Now then, why do you try to test test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear. Peter simply says this, hey guys, why are we making all these rules and putting it on the Gentiles, putting this burden on the Gentiles when we ourselves haven't even been able to keep the law? Yeah, Sammy, Sa yeah, I'm talking to you. Quit ducking, Sammy. Quit ducking. You over here telling these Gentiles to obey all these laws. Sammy, have you kept the entire law? Well, well, no, no. How about you, Tommy? I mean, you over here telling all these Gentiles, putting all these burdens, putting all these rules on the Gentiles. I mean, hey, Tommy, have you kept the entire law? How about your daddy? No, surely not my daddy, no. Then why in the world, then why in the world are you putting that burden on the Gentiles, because we nor our fathers were able to keep that law. And that's the purpose of why Jesus came. And, and Peter says this. Peter goes on to say this. Verse number 11. Verse number 11. He says, no. Hey, guys, you're getting it all wrong. No. We believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved. Just as they are. Peter basically says, hold on, guys. Hold on. You're adding to the message. We didn't get saved because we were circumcised. We didn't get saved because we were obeying all the laws. We didn't, no, no. We got saved because of the grace of God. And we placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And then Jesus washed away all of our sins. And just how we got saved is the same way the Gentiles got, get saved. is through faith in Christ.
because of the grace of God. Quit adding to the message. Quit making it hard on the Gentiles. Quit burning that. Quit, quit put, putting an obstacle in the way for outsiders. Stop it. And then James says something so powerful. I believe this is one of the most profound statements in the entire Bible. Every time I read it, it pricks my heart. Acts 15 and verse 19. James, the brother of Jesus, says this. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Don't make it difficult. James was simply saying, listen, we're not going to make serving God difficult for outsiders. He was simply saying, listen, we're not going to put obstacles up and put it in the way of outsiders. He simply was saying this, listen, 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 listen. Hey, 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 leaders, leaders, the gospel should be easy and accessible. You're making it hard, but the gospel should be easy and accessible. And you're making it difficult. And you know what? They did this in the first century, but we still do it today. God's people, the Christians, the church, we can make it difficult for those who are turning to God. And they show up at, at our churches and they show up like next Sunday on Easter and, and, they, and they want to connect with God and yet when they show up, they, they walk away thinking church is just for, for church people because there's no rungs on the ladder. We, we've taken them, them all off and they come to church and, 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 and the first thing they, they, they oftentimes feel is, is you're judging me. And I just had no clue. You're staring at me like I'm weird. I didn't know when to stand up and sit down. I didn't know when to clap. And I didn't know y'all were going to shout, we're family. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know which way to pass the offering. I didn't know. I mean, you, you, you act like, I mean, you judge me. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know there was a King James Version and a New King James and an NIV and a New American Standard and a New Revised Standard and the Message and the New Living Translation. I didn't know all that. I didn't know there were 66 books in the Bible. I didn't know that. I didn't know, I didn't know there was an Old and a New Testament. And, and, you, and you judged me. And, and there's no bottom rungs on the ladder. And, and, and I come to, to your church and... And you say everybody's welcome, but, but when I come, you don't even talk to me. I feel like I'm at a country club because only people you talk to are the people you know. And I come to your doors and I'm trying to figure out where to go. And I'm, 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 I look confused. And if you would just look up for a minute, you would know. I just, I don't know what, what to go. I don't, I don't know the whole deal. I don't know where to drop the kids. I don't, I don't know. I don't. And all you do is talk to yourselves. And I just come to your church and I just think, and church is for church people. I mean, just like golf is for golfers. I mean, church, it has to be. Because I don't get it. And I want to connect with God. And, and I want to know God. But I don't even know how to get on the ladder. And you know, the real weird thing is this. Some of you were born on top of the ladder. I mean, you've been here forever. Your mom and daddy served God. You were born and you served God. And, and you think everybody ought to be where you are in your walk with Christ. And yet they're down here and there are some people who don't even know how to get on the ladder. And you're up here going, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh. And they're going, they're going I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't even understand. And, and I want to connect with God, but, but I show up to your church and, man, you guys got all this weird lingo. 
I mean, you got your own language. I feel like I got to take a class to understand you. I mean, I show up to your church and you start talking. I come up on Easter and I come and I come to your church and you start talking about, you got to be justified and sanctified. I'm like, huh? And then you tell me, listen, you, I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, fire, where? Where, fire? What, I mean, I just... I mean, I know that's cool and all, but I just don't get it. I don't understand. And I want to connect with God, but man, you make it so hard and difficult. And man, I show up to your church and, and, and I want to know God, but you guys talk like you're from the 16th century. And I just never took a class from the 16th century. And I show up and I just don't get it. You'll start talking and thou wast, shouldest believest this, thou wast, knowest the Lord is this, this. And I just go, what are you talking? Nobody at my work says, how is this? Was your day is this? I just, I just, I just, I just don't, I don't, I'm, I want to connect with God. I have a heart to try to know God, but I, and I don't get it. And. And I show up at your church and, and you guys have this secret dress code. And you don't tell anybody about it. You don't mail it out to anybody. You don't put it on your church sign. I mean, but, 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 but when I show up, I show up. It's very obvious the way that you look at me that you've got a dress code. It's a secret. And you don't tell anybody. And I walk by and I see you looking and, Ooh, girl, can you believe what she's got on? Can you believe she is wearing that to the house of God? This is God's house. Doesn't she know that the Bible says in Pharisee chapter 3 and verse 12 that you wear your bestesses to the house of the Lord? Where's that at in the Bible? Where'd you come up with that? Rule. Some of you still freaked out that I preach in jeans. I can't believe he preaches in jeans. I'm going to really freak you out when I start preaching in shorts. Huh? I'll mess you up. I'll preach in shorts. I'll shave the hair off one leg and keep the hair on the other. I run some of you religion people up out of here. Huh? Because you got all these rules. You got me. You got all the rungs off the ladder. And can't nobody get up your ladder. And people want to connect with God, but they don't even know how to because we've taken all the rungs off the ladder and I show up at your church and you condemn me. I don't know anything about Jesus or how I'm supposed to be living and I show up and you start talking to me and you find out my lifestyle and I'm shacking up and I'm a homosexual and I'm lying and I'm, and I'm cheating and you condemn me and you, and you judge me. And I, I'm just trying to figure out how to connect with God. And I, 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 we're holy people up in here. We're holy. You be holy like the Lord is holy. I, I'm just, I mean, I'm sorry. I was just trying to figure out how to even get on the ladder. And by the third time I come to your church, you tell me if I really want to know the Lord, I got to go to this class. And in this class, you tell me, listen, if you really want to know the Lord, you got to become Baptist. You got to become Methodist. You got to be a Nazarene. You got to be a Pentecostal. You got to be you a Lutheran. You got to be a Nazarene. And I'm just like, what? I'm just trying to figure out 
how to have a relationship with God. And you are making it so difficult and there's no bottom rungs on the ladder. I do not want this to be a church where we have all the bottom rungs off the ladder and we're all sitting up here talking about Jesus, Jesus. And we created church just for church people. Say, Herbert, why are you passionate about having the bottom rungs on the ladder? Why don't you want any bottom rungs missing from this church? I'll tell you why. Point number two. Because church is for everybody. Church is for everybody. The Bible says in Luke 19 and verse number 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Jesus came to earth to seek and to save what was lost. Jesus didn't come for the already healthy. He came for sick people. Hear my heart today, church. Church isn't about keeping people out. It's about getting people in. We shouldn't be building walls. We should be building bridges. We shouldn't be putting up security lights. We should be putting up search lights. Because church is for every body. And I'm committed to pastoring a church that's for everybody. Tiffany and I are sold out on pastoring a church not only where the mature believer can connect with God and the immature Christian connect with God, but we're committed to pastoring a church where people who don't even know how to get on the ladder can connect with God. You see, it's always been my passion that people show up to this church and they don't know anything about the Bible. They don't know anything about God. They can't tell you where to find Ephesians. They've been hurt by church people before. But they show up at this church and people love them just like they are. And they can't believe it that people know about their lifestyle, know they don't know anything about God. They care for them. They welcome them with open arms. And they come and go, man, this is a pretty cool place. I don't know anything about your God. I don't know anything about your church. But I know one thing. If you people are willing to love me like you love me, and you care for me like this. There's got to be something in this God thing. And I show up at your church and, and you don't try to be Jesus Jr. You don't try to be the Holy Spirit's helper and try to change my life. But you believe the same God that saved me is the same God that can clean me up. And, and, and you let me grow at my own pace. Because, see, you've been on top of the ladder for 25 years, and you're way up here, and you forgot, you have forgotten what it is to be all the way down here when you don't know anything. And I appreciate the fact that you let me grow at my own pace. I appreciate the fact that I can come to this church, and it's a safe place where you love me, you don't condemn me. But I do appreciate the fact that you tell me truth, and you tell me how to live my life, and you point me to biblical answers. And I thank you that you're putting the bottom rungs on the ladder.
I'm very grateful that I can come to a church that, 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 that you're taking stuff that's cultural and you're using it to say what's timeless. And I come and, and I check out your videos and, and, and you're friendly and, and you got lights and there's smoke. And, and there was even a secular song in the service today. And I just was like, whoa, this is church. And I'm like, I think I can, I think I can, I think I understand the first step. And I want this church to be a church. For everybody. See, Herbert, why are you passionate about having a church where everybody can come? I'll tell you why. Because everybody needs forgiveness. Everybody's going to spend eternity somewhere. Everybody needs new life through Christ. Everybody needs a spiritual family when they're going through difficult times. Everybody needs somebody that will love them unconditionally. Everybody needs friends. Everybody needs biblical solutions to life's problems. Everybody needs hope. Everybody needs a Savior. And when Jesus said, God so loved the world, He wasn't just talking about church people. He was talking about everybody. Listen, I'm not the only one that's important to God. You're not the only one that's important to God. The gospel isn't not just for a particular group of people. The gospel is for everybody. Friends, if the church is for church people, then Christianity is for church people. And God is for church people. And that's just not biblical. Imagine. Imagine a church for everybody. Imagine, imagine a church where I could come to no matter the color of my skin, no matter my age, no matter my background, no matter my problems, no matter my mistakes. Imagine a church for everybody. I'm not saying that we always get it right. I'm not saying that we got all this figured out. And if you're here today and you're unchurched, you don't know God and you showed up here and this may be the first, you may be like, I don't get it, but I'm telling you, I want you to know that we're striving. We're striving to create a church that we can help you connect with God. We're striving not to become insiders and only hang out with people who believe like us and then make it hard for everybody else who doesn't. We're striving not to turn in to that, to reach you, to help you connect with the risen Savior. You can wash away your sins and change your life. Imagine a church for everybody. I close with this scripture, Acts chapter 15 and verse number 19. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Imagine a church for everybody. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for this message today.